0: Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. Come on. Come on. Touch city. As she comes up here tonight, and just, just stretch out a hand. We're going to pray for her. God, I thank you so much for Emily. Lord, thank you for having her marry, my best friend. Lord, I just thank you for that. That was a bonus. Thank you, God, Lord. But I just bless her. I thank you, Lord, that this is a word that she knows so deeply in her heart. It's more than what is taught, but what is imparted through her to us, God. And so we just say our hearts are open. We're ready to receive. We ask that uh, you calm all nerves or anything like that, God. And we ask that you would speak directly through her right into us, God, that we would leave tonight never the same. So we thank you for her and we bless her in your name. Amen. Give it up for Emily, guys. Thanks, Taylor. Yeah, who knew when Taylor and I were stuck in the middle of the Indian Ocean pushing a boat praying to get home that we would someday, I would marry his best friend. Who knew? I know, right? Yeah, that's another story for another day. Uh, Well, my name is Emily, obviously. There's a lot of new faces in the room. I'm so excited to see you all. Uh, So I'll just kind of tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I've been coming to Summit for, uh, (laughs) I was like, oh, how long now? It'll be actually 10 years next year. So I've been coming to the Crux that long. So obviously I'm a little old to be in Crux, but I'm one of the leaders. So that's why I get to still be here. Um, I've been to uh, nine Crux Camps in the last 10 years, which is awesome. So I highly recommend going. If you haven't signed up, go. It is absolutely worth every ounce of your time and money. I come back every year impacted and changed and just loving it. Um, I'm married to Dominic. We've been married for two years. Um, I work for Panera Bread. I've worked for Panera for eight years. Uh, so that's awesome. If you any of you college students want a job, just ask me. I can't guarantee you a job, but I'll get you an interview. So just think about that. Uh, but it is hard. It's hard to work, uh, but it's totally worth it. Um, fun fact, I have like four or five tattoos. I don't remember. I don't know. I'm just, give. there you go. There's some information about me for all of you who are like, who is this strange person? I don't remember. And Dominic's like, please no more. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm going to pray again just so I can get on track and then we're going to get going. Uh, Lord, I just thank you so much uh, just for the opportunity to share your word in your heart tonight, God. I just pray that Um, It would be your words, not mine. God, I ask that even if you want me to scrap everything for the sake of whatever it is you want to deliver, I'll do it, God. So I just pray that you would just stir in our hearts, God. I pray you'd help us to focus on what it is you're wanting um, to convey tonight. And I just pray that people's hearts would be touched and opened to your touch and what it is you want to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, So like Pastor Taylor said, with the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how to stay on fire and all of those different things And I really felt when Pastor Taylor asked me to speak, I really wanted to talk about how to stay on fire when it gets hard. Because I think that sometimes when we get really busy or overwhelmed with life, maybe you're stressed out about school or work or personal situations, it's so easy to kind of just like maybe even turn off or to start blaming God for our problems or to start putting things on him that aren't actually the reality of God. And what's why it's so important that we talk about this is because life's not easy. Like (laughs) in case you haven't figured that out already, (laughs) it's not a cakewalk. And even in Christianity, it doesn't promise us. The Bible never says you're going to have an easy way when you're a Christian. But the Bible does promise that God would be with us with us in everything. And I want to share that in John 16:33 in the Passion translation it says, "And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and you will have great confidence as you rest in me. For this unbelieving world In this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrow, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world." In other words, be patient, confident, and have hope in Jesus because he already defeated and did the hardest part for us. And we sometimes think that we still have to strive for our situations and we have to make things happen on our own, but we don't. And yes, we absolutely have to partner with God and we have to do our part, but he did the hardest part of defeating the enemy for us. And the other part of this is when it says God has given us everything he's taught us to have his peace, to rest in him, to be connected with him so that we would have him with us in trouble, that tells me that going through something without the Lord is a lot harder, right? And if any of you have walked in here with the Lord for any period of time, if you've gone through anything before you were within God or with God, would you say that it was harder to go through it without God? I, (laughs) thank you you for being, like, I just, I just, I can't imagine, like, I can't imagine trying to figure all this out on my own, like, oh my gosh, like, I would just miserably fail over and over again, and I have, I've tried to figure it out all by myself, and then I was like, what are you doing, Emily Ann? Like, come on, pull it together, like, and then, and then Jesus comes in, and I'm like, oh, praise the Lord, it wasn't me that needed to pull it together, it was him, and I just needed to turn to him. So I want to talk tonight about how we do that. I wanna talk about how do we stay on fire when it gets hard? What can we do on our end to partner with God? Cause I think the other side of things is sometimes we just expect God to do everything for us, but this is a relationship. This is a partnership with him. This isn't a like, okay, you're God, you're good. So you're gonna do everything and I'm just gonna reap the benefits. This is like, hey, this is an ongoing relationship, meaning we're gonna work at this, meaning we have to communicate. We gotta stay in touch. We gotta understand each other. Um, and so I just kinda wanna get into that and be really practical. And as I'm talking about this, um I'm sure that there are things that are going to come up in your life and hard things that you've walked through. And something I just want to say up front is that it's totally okay to ask God why. It's totally okay to ask God, "Why did this bad thing happen to me? Why did this thing happen to a friend? Why am I so overwhelmed? What is going on?" And that is 100% okay. God is not afraid of our questions. He's not afraid of our emotions. He's not afraid of our anger. All of those things are 100% okay to feel and walk through. But what happens is it's what do we choose after that? In the midst of questioning, in the midst of being angry and not understanding, are we still choosing to believe the truth of God? Are we letting our circumstances and our emotions define who God is? Or are we going back to who God actually is to define him? You know what I mean? And so we can't let our circumstances and our emotions define who our God is because our emotions change all the time, right? We're up and down, left and right. One day we're happy, one day we're mad, one day we're sad. And it's like, if we let our emotions dictate who God is, we are gonna have a roller coaster even greater than that, right? So we have to remember the Bible actually says, this is who God is. This is what the truth is. This is the reality of my situation and I will not let my emotions or what I think is happening around me define my faith. Um, so I want to go into my first point of the night: is um, how do we stay on fire for God when things get hard? Is remember who He is. So if you're taking notes, point number one is remember who He is. Um, and and again, just to kind of reiterate that, like our response and our reaction can't determine who we think the Lord is to us, um, and and how we choose to view God in the midst of our circumstances will greatly define how we how we overcome them and how we walk through them. Because I think that like the Lord is with us no matter what. Whatever you believe, whatever you're feeling, God is still with you. He and I we're going to and I'm going to talk about that more in a second. But like how you are on the other side of of your heart's your situation is going to be determined by how you choose to view God in the middle of that, right? God's the same, right? God does not change from point A to point B. God is always the same. But if I go through this and I'm like mad and I'm upset and I like never choose to deal with it with the Lord and I never understand, I'm going to come out on the other side and God is still good. God is still faithful. God brought me through it, but I'm struggling a little bit more, right? Versus if I choose to walk through this and I'm like, God, you're good. I don't care what everything else says. You're good. I believe in you. I trust in you. Your word says that you're faithful to your promises. When I come through this, I'm better off than what I was if I had chosen not to believe the truth of God. So I want to talk a little bit about what does that say in the Bible? So I want to read, I'm going to kind of shout some verses out at you. And I just kind of grabbed so much because there's so much in the Bible. So like remembering who he is, go back to the word, go back to what the word says, because that is God's truth. God's word from him that is concrete, that does not change, meaning that it won't change by your circumstances. So I'm just going to throw a few things out at you. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The God of hope will fill us with his joy and his peace so that we can walk through our circumstances and overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 14, Do any of the worthless idols of the nations bring rain? Do the skies themselves send down showers? No, it is you, Lord, our God. Therefore, our hope is in you, for you are the one who does all of this. Why are we gonna put our hope in something else when the God of everything can make rain happen in an instant? He can dry things up in a moment. That is where we need to place our faith and our hope. Blessed are those who help Whose help is the God of Jacob? Whose hope is in the Lord their God? That's Psalm one forty six five. Hebrews 20. When God made His promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for Him to swear by, He swore by Himself, saying, "I will surely bless you and give you many descendants." And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what He was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, that's really important who would have fled to take hold of the hope set before us would be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus has entered on our behalf as he became a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And you're like, that, that was a lot of verses. But the point that I want to point out to you is this God, God, Promised by himself because it is impossible for him to lie. He doesn't change. It's who he is. Therefore, he was faithful to complete the truth in his promises of what he said. And if we know the story of Abraham, we know it didn't exactly look like what Abraham thought it would look like, right? But that did not change the fact that God was faithful to complete the promise in him. When we are struggling, to in the middle of something difficult and we need to remember who he is, we've gotta come back to the promises of the Bible. We've gotta come back to say, you know what? The Bible actually says that God will never lie. So that means I might not understand why this is happening. And this might seem like a broken promise or something that I'm defeated by, but actually says the Bible says God would never lie. God says he's faithful to complete his promises. That means that I might not understand, but he is still good. And the outcome is still going to be for his glory and still going to be the truth of what he promised me. And that's what I can hold on to. John 8, 31 to 32 says to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We, when we are struggling and we're not exactly sure what's happening or why, or we're bummed or whatever, we have to go back to the truth and it will set us free from our circumstances. So I might feel like there is no way out and I might feel like I'm overwhelmed and I'm depressed or whatever. But the truth is that God is enough for me. The truth is that God is my hope. The truth is that he is the breaker of chains. The truth is that he is more than enough to heal. The truth is going to set me free. The truth is going to set you free from your depression. The truth is going to set you free from your anxiety. It might not change what's happening around you, but it's going to change what's happening on the inside. And that's where it counts. You can't necessarily go out and fix every problem, but you can fix how you perceive it on the inside. So not only does the word talk about putting our hope in God, but it also reminds us of who God is when we get hard. And I want to use a couple of examples in the Bible. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 147, 3-5 to says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of stars and calls them by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. And not only are the promises of who God is in the middle of our circumstances, meaning he's close to us, his hand is always there for us. Not only is that said in the word, but it's told in stories. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't know if it's just because their names are really cool. And I can remember like my youth pastor as a kid had a really weird way of remembering the names that is like probably not totally Great, so I'm not going to repeat it. Um, but I love the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There were these three guys. To kind of sum it up, if you're not sure, you don't remember. There were these three. No, I'll, no. <laughs> there are these three guys who were um, told to bow down and worship Nero. Right? Was it King Nero? Sure. No. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar. Thank you. It was somebody with an end name in the Bible. Okay. It was an old king of old. Okay. So they were told to bow down and like worship Nebuchadnezzar and they refused. They said, I will not worship anybody but God. And what happened is they ended up getting thrown into this furnace. And so they were like, basically like given the death sentence because they refused to worship a king that was not God the king. And they were thrown into this like fiery furnace and expected to burn up and die. And then all of a sudden they see three, four figures walking around in the fire and they came out completely unharmed. Their clothes were completely unscorched. That fourth person is often said, you know, like an angel or like Jesus pre-incarnate, Jesus before he actually came onto the earth. So what that says to me is that if God would physically come and protect somebody in the middle of a raging furnace fire meant to kill them and be with them, why would he not come and be with us in the middle of our fire? Why would he not come and walk around and support us when we're in the middle of our trials? Daniel in the lion's den, another great one. Daniel refused to worship probably Nebuchadnezzar again. I don't know, probably. Nero this time, maybe, you know, I don't know. They're in the same book together. So probably the same king. <laughs> and he refused. And so what happens? Daniel gets thrown into a den of hungry lions and a leg put on the top of it. What does that mean? He's probably gonna get eaten, right? Did he get eaten? No, we wouldn't have the book of Daniel if he didn't, right? God shut the mouths of the lions. <laughs> he shut the mouths of the lions, right? Meaning... If God will stop our oppressors and stop the attackers of Daniel, physically lions trying to eat him, won't God stop our oppressors and attackers? Won't God stop us from being eaten in the middle of hard things? David and Goliath, another great one. David had to go up against a giant, against not King Nebuchadnezzar or Nero, (laughs) right? Goliath was from a whole other land whose name I can't remember, and that's okay. Probably the Goliathans, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. That's not that, but... And he had, but he had to face a giant. And David, this small boy, this small shepherd, took out a giant with like three rocks. Okay? That's crazy. If David, a young shepherd, can take out a giant with just three rocks, what can God do for you when you face your giants? All of these people chose to partner with God and trust God in the midst of their circumstances and look at how God showed up. Most of us are probably never physically going to have to get thrown a fire for your faith or should put in front of a lion or, well, or at least not without a cage, right? Or um, have to face a literal giant for your death. Most of us are not going to have to go through something like that. The things that we're going to face are, are more emotional or, or circumstantial or whatever it might be if they had the faith to physically stand in front of a giant and say, Lord, I trust that you're not going to let me get killed right now. And David was probably like this, right? Like he was probably like, dude, this guy is supposed to be huge. Like if he could do that by putting his faith in the Lord, how much more can we do that now? And we have all these testimonies. We can look at the Bible. We can look at the story of the friends in our life and we can hold on to these testimonies about who God was in the midst of hard things to fire us up and keep us on track. Are tracking with me? We doing okay? Okay. Second point. In order to stay on fire for God, you need to find support and community. This is so important. This is so important. If we did not have our community to rely on, we would be alone. And God says, it is not good for man to be alone, right? Like when he created the heavens and the earth, like he looked at Adam and Eve and said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so he created partnership he created relationship and if you actually look at the life of Jesus one Jesus had community around him all the time he had his disciples he was constantly pouring into them being supported by them and actually when you look at the hardest moment of Jesus's life before he went to the cross he actually had community surrounding him so in Matthew 26 36 to 37 it says then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them sit here while I go over there and pray he took Peter and his two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he, began, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Now, we know that Jesus had to go to the walk of the cross alone, right? Because of who he is. But as he led up to it, before he actually had to do it by himself, he surrounded himself with support, He literally said, can you, I am overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He said, please, I need you. I can't do this by myself yet. I need my support of my best friends. You guys, I cannot stress how important it is enough to have community support you when you're going through a hard time. And if you don't feel like you have family or community, I want you to take a look around at everybody in this room, because that's us right here. And I have personally walked through trials and heartache and issues with people in this room and they have been there for me at the drop of a dime. And anybody in this room would do the same thing for you, even if we don't know you. I will personally say right now, my husband and I would be more than willing to call and have you over for dinner and talk to you or call us and we'd pray for you. Like that is our heart because we know how valuable it is to stay on track when you have community around you. You need community to support you, to remind you of who you are and to remind you of who God is. It's so amazing to be able to go to somebody and like be vulnerable and be like, I am struggling right now. I don't remember who God is because I'm frustrated or I'm concerned. And that's where we're here like, let's get you back on track. Don't forget about this promise over your life that you're forgetting right now. Don't forget about the truth of who God is. Don't forget about that you need to be encouraged and loved and supported. You deserve it. And I feel like maybe there's, I'm just going to say this. I feel like there's a couple people in the room that feel like I don't deserve to have somebody pay attention or love me or support me. And you absolutely do. You absolutely do. And I don't know if that's for somebody or or not, but I'm just going to say it. You 100% do not deserve or need to walk through it alone. Obviously there are going to be things between us and the Lord that we have to do, but you do not have to struggle by yourself. You are not meant to walk it alone. You're not being called to carry the burden of your whole life by yourself. That is not at all what God says. God designed relationship and community to support us so that we can stay on track and remember who he is and support one another. And the last one I want to talk about. So staying on fire, we got to make sure we stay connected to who God is. What does the word say? What is the truth of who God is? We need to stay connected in community so that we can have people to support us, help us, love us, and keep us on track. And probably one of the most important parts of what we need to do to stay on fire when we're struggling is worship. If we want our hearts to continue to stay burning and on fire for God, we have to choose to worship in the midst of our circumstances. We cannot let what is happening around us keep us from giving God the praise that he deserves because he is still good, because it doesn't change anything about him. Just because we might doubt or we might struggle doesn't change that God is still good, you guys. It doesn't. And I'm not just talking about like the worship where you soak and God ministers to you. That's so important and that's so good. But I'm talking about actively sitting and worshiping God and giving him the glory that he deserves and letting your heart say, I don't care what the world is saying. I don't care what my circumstances might say. My God is still good. My God is still truth. My God is still everything that he is. And he deserves to be worshiped. He deserves to be given the glory. He is my savior. He saved me from all of this. He actually sits with me in my heartbreak. So he deserves for me to sit here right now in the middle of all this crap and give him glory because he deserves it. None of it changes who he is. We have to continue to praise. And I will, I would guarantee you, I'm not going to bet because that's probably not good. I would guarantee you that your heart will shift and stay connected when you choose to give him the glory. Your perspective will change when you sit and say, God, I will give you the glory that you deserve because you deserve it. Even though I don't feel whatever's happening, you deserve this, your heart will change. We talked about this last week. We talked about the importance of ministering to God and and, and worshiping God and praising him for who he is. And we cannot let ourselves lose that connection because the minute we begin to get calloused, the minute we begin to harden our hearts against God because we don't understand or we're upset, there's this block that comes in and we have to choose to worship. In Exodus 4, 29 to 31, um, the Israelites are like... um, being like, I think this is while they're they're still in Egypt and like, they're all these, like they're being oppressed and, and they haven't broken free yet. And it says Moses and Aaron brought together all of the elders of the Israelites and Aaron told them everything that the Lord had said to Moses and he performed signs in front of the people and they believed. So this is before they're set free. This is while they're still being oppressed. This is while they're still slaves and then it says after that, and when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshiped him. When they recognized that God had seen them, they bowed down and worshiped him. He hadn't taken them out of their circumstances yet. They were still oppressed. They were still under agony, but they choose to stop and worship him because he deserved it, because he saw them, because he recognized them. And maybe you're not out of whatever circumstance you're in, but God sees you. God sees that you're struggling. He sees that you're hurting. And he's loving on you in whatever form that might be, even if you don't realize it. And that is—it means he deserves to be worshiped. He deserves to be given the glory. And all throughout the Bible, it shows this. Um, Moses and the Israelites in the middle of the desert and they wandered and Moses still chose to worship God. Um, Abraham and Joshua, David, when he lost his son, like there's there's countless stories in the Bible. All of them struggled. All of them questioned God. All of them blamed God for their agony. All of them put kind of this stuff on him, but yet they still chose to stop and worship him because they know that it was worth it. So many of the Psalms are written by King David when he was like being oppressed and he was like on the run for his life because he was told he was supposed to be king and the king was not ready to give it up. And he was being chased down and he wrote songs of worship and praise to God in a cave, like naked and scared and alone, I think like he was under all this stuff and he still chose to worship God. And we have to make a conscious choice to stay close and connected with God, even if it doesn't feel like it, even if things are hard. There are moments where we can just be weak and break before him and still give him praise. You don't need to be all put together and excellent. (laughs) He doesn't want that. He doesn't want you to figure it out and then come to him. He wants you to come to him in his brokenness in, in your brokenness, not his brokenness, sorry. In your brokenness and give him the glory. He wants you to say, God, I am broken and this is all I have to offer you. And there is so much beauty when you offer him your brokenness. There is so much that happens when he comes and keeps you connected with him. And I want to challenge you tonight that whatever space you're in, I want you to ask God, what am I missing? And how can I stay on fire for you in the middle of this? Or maybe you are thinking about something you've walked through before and how you, and in your like remembering this. Maybe you just need to remember who God was to you in the middle of that situation. And God remind you of those circumstances. So I want us to, if we could just play a little bit of worship music in the background Um, and maybe dim some of the lights if that's possible. Thank you, Jesus. And I feel, I just want to go ahead and just take a minute and close your eyes, and then I'll kind of give some direction, but I just really feel like we're just supposed to take these last few minutes And take some time to worship him where you're at. Some of you might be totally fine. And this is more like, I'm going to remember this in the future. And if that's the case, then I want you to just give God the glory that he deserves. And, And if you're struggling with some stuff right now, I want you to just take some time to give him the glory that he deserves. Last week I was really struggling with some stuff and I was feeling really broken and really like not, my circumstances didn't define. If I looked at my circumstances, it wouldn't define that God was good. And I took some time to sit alone and I chose worship songs that had words that talked about how good he was. And I turned it up as loud as I could and I just worshiped. There's a song, Waymaker, and it says, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And I just let worship remind me of the truth that he is a waymaker, that he's a miracle worker, that he's a promise keeper, that he is the light in the darkness, that he deserves to be praised, even if we don't understand Like that song that says, raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Louder than my unbelief, I will choose to praise God. So I just want to invite you to just take a moment, whether you want to sit or get up and stand or get on your face. I want you to worship God through whatever it is you're experiencing right now. And say, despite my stress, despite my grief, despite my emotion, despite my struggles, I will worship you. I will give you glory. So we're going to just take a couple minutes. And if you want to get up out of your seat, if you want to lay down on the ground, if you want to get on your face, if you want to stand, let's just take a moment and worship him together. Come on. Come on. I just want to encourage you as you go about your week, remind yourself to stay on fire and stirred up for God. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.